Welcome to Rebel Hour, a podcast chat with entrepreneurs who are rolling out brands that are empowering, inspiring, innovating, or causing a big stir. They aren't just doing things the same old way, they're doing it the rebel way. Hey, I'm Jennifer, host here of Rebel Hour and voice behind Lady Rebel Club. Let's dive in and meet this week's guests. Hey, everyone. Thanks very much for joining us this week. Today, I am with the lovely and very so much vivacious. She's fantastic. Love all the tattoos and everything. It's such high energy, um, but it's Ebony Alchemy. So thanks very much for joining me today. And I would love for you just um, to give, you know, a bit of insight about yourself, your business. And I know there's so much goodness that we're going to jump into, but I'll let you give, a, give an introduction to yourself first. So I am... I don't know what to say on these and it depends on the thing. I'm uh, an always has been self-employed spiritual being. I'm a, a coach, an author, a mystic and an artist and someone who at this point in my life is really embracing my uh, hummingbird, misfit, manifesting generator self and allowing myself to do all of the things after having grown up being told I had to focus on one thing, have a niche, yes. be a let people know who you are. I am a creative whirlwind of energy who likes to do <laughs> lots of things. Yes, yes. And it's funny because I myself am a manifesting generator. I've only really started to learn fairly recently, you know, about human design. And as soon as, you know, um, I've, I learned that, I was like, oh my goodness, that makes so much sense. And just so many things kind of clicked into place. And this is like, on top of all the, you know, the the ADHD and everything else that you add into the mix, it's like, this is why, you know, I have to just go, go, go and just love to put everything on a plate and yeah, energize everybody sort of around me. Um, but yeah, and this is probably why when you came on too, I was, um, we were chatting a bit before the show and I, there was just this instant energy and I was like, yes, this is awesome <laughs> because you can just feel it. No, um, you can definitely feel it. I think when you when you're run into another manifesting generator, um, but you have had such a diverse and it's funny because again we were sort of chatting chatting before the show, and mm. you have had such a diverse background. And I know you've done different things from filming, you know, and you had a really great, um, you know, business working with like you were saying, you know, executive PAs and VAs, and now you're doing, you know, coaching and um, you've and you know your certificates and coaching you've just done so many such a you know a variance of things you know how <laughs> how I guess you know how could you give us kind of a timeline or any insights into you know what what has made you go through all of those transformations and how have you ended up doing what it is that you're doing now that's a really beautiful question actually it helps me because otherwise I'm like and then I did this and then I did this <laughs> just it can feel and there's a part of me that's learned not to show off about all of the things mm. that I have done and I find it really difficult to talk about that like talk about all of my experiences and the diversity without like the motive behind or mm. explain yes and ultimately all of it for me has been around trying to marry being always knowing that I was kind of magic kind of spiritual kind of connected to nature and the universe and the collective in some way but then also I was this individual and I was a human and I had a body and and, and a, a unique personality and my own little ego and my own desires and wants and 
ever since I was a very, very small child, that has been both difficult and fascinating to me. Mm. And so everything I've ever done has been about exploring this connection between, and and the paradox and the dichotomy between being me (laughs) and doing things for my own satisfaction and personal gain versus doing things that impact the collective and the Mm. world and my family and all of us and how we all feel. And so in answer to your question, like part of it has been like, literally, how do I stay being me and make a living? Because Mm -hmm. I'm completely unemployable and I have zero interest in being like from as from a very small child, I could not understand why people got paid for their time. It's like, but I do things quicker. Do I get paid more? And they were like, well, no. And I'm like, well, I don't understand. You're telling me to slow down and stretch yes. things out. Like, and so mm. I've never really understood the way that the normal world works. And so the investigation has always been, how do I survive? How do I thrive? How do I be me and exist in this, in this reality? And so it's always come from that place. And so much of my work as a coach, as a, as a priestess, as a guide, is really about sharing some of what's worked for me, but mm. but also holding a mirror up so people can see themselves without the conditioning of their environment or their family or, or their expectations or the, all of that stuff. Mm. And it's all really been led by discovering one modality after the other that shows that, that different people over generations have used to understand the human condition because it's not just us that has found it hard and complicated Mm. everyone since the beginning of time has created (laughs) stories and maps and models and some of them are really really interesting and so yeah I've it's all come from understanding the riddle of what does it mean to be human and who am I yes wow very deep very deep (laughs) and I think that that's for a lot of us um you know it is those kinds of questions even if we don't think those are the questions that we're trying to answer those are the questions that we're trying to answer and again for a lot of us I think especially not not just those of us who are neurodivergent but many of the of of us who are I think we're especially driven to have not just businesses that you know are financially successful but that really have impact um, and you see it all, you know, across, you know, many different, uh, you know, areas and industries and things like it's not just tech and innovation and things like this, but, you know, I know a lot of really successful and purposeful coaches, for instance, you know, uh, and they're neurodivergent. And I think because a lot of us also, contrary to what a lot of people think, are empaths and, and, and in a lot of ways, um, you know, we feel things so deeply that on one hand, we have this drive to have this major impact. And we have, on on the other hand, we feel things so deeply that that's a lot to, you know, put into your business. And especially when, like you said, you know, it's trying to figure out how you fit into things, how you can, you know, do all the things that you want to do um, and figure out who you are and how that works in your business. I mean, there's just so many pieces, so many aspects to sort of try and make fit that 
it's difficult, you know, and I think it is definitely a journey that probably never ends, you know, I suppose in most ways, you know, that we're always going on uh, and trying to figure out. And I know you had mentioned to me that although you're not diagnosed that, you know, you, you do believe you are ADHD. And it was funny because we were having a bit of a laugh, um, as you do, you know, about some of those kind of interesting, the interesting ways it likes to sort of show its face right? <laughs> in our lives and in our business. You know, and I think it's great that you're not worried about having a formal diagnosis. I'm also of the opinion that we don't necessarily, you know, need one. I think there are instances with, with kids, especially now, because there are a lot, a lot of things that can be helpful um, that we didn't have, you know, when we were kids. Um, but looking back, you know, for me, I can see how, how many things make sense. And I know you were starting to share some of that. So I would love to kind of, I guess, just ask you, you know, how do you find, or do you find, um, are you aware of ways that you're, ADHD shows up, you know, in your business, especially, and how, you know, how has that shown itself maybe over the years? And if you have kind of an understanding, you know, how are you able to navigate your business, you know, with that? I, one of my favorite, one of my favorite personality traits is my hyper-focus. <laughs> there you go. One of my favorite things is still working at something at two o'clock in the morning and suddenly mm. realizing you haven't eaten or weed or moved. <laughs> um, yes. And, and honestly, my first business wouldn't have been successful. Like I, I started my first business homeless, living out of my car and somebody's like boiler room where I had a little bit of space that I could kind of snuggle in with a sleeping bag. And that sounds awful, but it was an exciting adventure. Mm -hmm. And I like learned Twitter. There was this new thing that had just appeared. And I was like one of 25 people on Twitter and would regularly chat with Stephen Wright and stay up all night going down a rabbit hole going, oh, well, how do you make a business? There must be rules. I'm going to go learn them, right? And that part of me, <laughs> my family have always referred to as overly ambitious. <laughs> It's, it's not ambition actually yes. it's just a wormhole that I end up mm -hmm. down how do I work it now I really work with my cycle and I'm really grateful to be a woman and to have have shifted my business and my whole business model around my cycle and I think you know once I don't have that anymore it will be with the moon or, or whatever so I don't work the first two days of my cycle at all I wow, interesting. And I give myself that time. Now I have worked out that I can't sit still for two days. So <laughs> in those times. And I have this like other offshoot mm. where I create art on my bed, but it's no screen, like no computer, no, it, it, I give myself mm. that, that digestion and that time to really stop and to drop into being in my body. And to really also when I work with my cycle, I allow myself in that kind of editing phase just before I bleed to be really critical and go, what isn't working? What, what projects do I want to drop? I've also oh, wow. got into a habit that just before my bleed, I probably have seven or eight windows open each with about 25 tabs in. Um, and I'm working on all of them, right? But just yeah. me, I make myself <laughs> yes. close them down and edit mm. so that I can start a fresh cycle with slightly less windows open. Just a few less than 150. <laughs> Not that I know from experience 
in any way <laughs> yeah no not at all yeah um that's funny but yeah I think I think there's a few a few people that, that yeah I could say at any given time we probably have you know 20 or 30 tabs open but then you've got yeah four or five windows that are minimized <laughs> underneath if I showed you my desk right now like this looks yeah. nice and clean right but there's also five stacks of books and I'm reading mm -hmm. them all right now yeah. and I'm not I just need them near because I need that yeah. sentence it's like oh where did I see that and so to pretend that I don't have those tendencies mm -hmm. is hilarious but yeah. I don't see it as something that constrains me but what I have done since mm. making the kind of click in my head of like oh that's a thing and 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 I see lots of other people have it and show me again what oh yeah mm. I have all of those things I definitely do all of them what that's done is allowed me to be way more of those things and yeah ways yes. that I masked was by being organized and so I have made a career out of being organized and you know I was a personal assistant I was the best personal assistant because it I I made spreadsheets I organized things in patterns and groups and I really really worked on cultivating this thing and my family are like you're so organized and you have systems for everything I'm like if I didn't I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to find myself in a car park. I wouldn't yeah. be able to, I wouldn't go anywhere. I wouldn't get anything done. And so I think all of the things I created throughout my life, like I park in the same place at every Ikea. I play like there's <laughs> like I part, I have rules. Yes. Otherwise I wouldn't move forward in my life. Mm. And it's funny how, I mean, and there would be a lot of, there's a lot of, you know, people in our, in our community that I know who really struggle, you know, with the executive dysfunction side, you know, of ADHD and, and they don't have the organization and, you know, and it's funny because again, we have a laugh about things and, you know, me, myself, my autistic side is like, yes, I love the routine and I like to have everything organized. I have like the best Tupperware cupboard ever in the world you know anybody can go anywhere in the house and I know exactly what drawer what room what cupboard every I mean it drives my family just laughs at me right but mm -hmm. at the same time I've got stacks like stacks of papers and books and but they're 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 everywhere okay but they're neatly stacked <laughs> so, like, so they're neat you know that's the autistic side but yes it's just but the chaos is still kind of there and as much as I try with to bring stuff online and I do use lots of apps and different things I still have to have my post-its and they're still all over my desk, <laughs> all over the tables, all over the, they're just, you know, whiteboards covered in them. It's, and I said, you know what? I just have to let it rip. Half the time I won't even look at them, but it's just me having, they're like a comfort blanket that I allow myself to just go through a stack of these a month and just write till I'm content because it makes me, you know, it, it takes that stress and it allows me to kind of have that outlet and probably kind of like you, it's, it's working with it, yeah. you know, rather than against it, you know, and I think for I endless notebooks. And I also learned this yes. from my dad and me and my dad had a conversation mm. the other day where he was like, I think, I think I am I'm like, mm. yeah, I think you are too. Um, but he always got me to organize his life and his office. And so this learned behavior, yeah, I, like I've, I've been brought up as organized. Everyone knows I'm organized, mm -hmm. but I think that's, the trauma piece of I also know where everything is and for years after yes. I stopped working for my dad he would ring me and say you know that client that we worked on that one time and la 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 do you know what we did with the paperwork and I'd be like it's in the filing cabinet 
in a blue folder at the back <laughs> got a scribble in the corner and I, and I don't know why I can do that mm. but I can yeah. wow I know and it's funny because I I'm the same and like I said I could tell them we're just the most random thing that we haven't seen in three years you know is is in the house it's so funny and but I think being aware of this and this is something that you know I would talk about a lot and it's a journey that I had to go on myself because again for years again an entrepreneur most of my life um and in various businesses and even in consultancy and whatnot with my husband it was always this pressure and I noticed it even more when he wasn't in the picture um he had had a stroke and we had to change the business model around um and when I, we really came into the online space, I could really feel, and like it was visceral, I could really feel, you know, quite literally I had coaches telling me, you're not going to flag, you're too wacky, take the scarves off, don't, you know, no one's going to take you seriously and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could just feel the tension, you know, and the pressure and the shame and everything that was going on. And I could see lots of other, especially women, not just women, but a lot of uh, women like ourselves going through that as well. Um, and whether they were neurodivergent or they had maybe, you know, some other kind of hidden disability or something like that. And I say hidden disability, not that it's better or worse, you know, in any way than um, any mm-hmm. kind of disability. But I think because a lot of times, you know, like now we could be having this conversation and people might go, you don't look like you have cancer. You don't look like you have fibromyalgia or that you have ADHD. Look how neat your background is. You know, all of these things, right? Let alone, do they have any idea what's going on underneath the hood? And it took me a long time to not only get out of that and realize that, you know, the pressures that they were putting me under and how to create a business in their cookie cutter way didn't suit me. But I spent about two years then working on personal development and peak performance to really figure out, right, how in the hell do I need to work in this business to make it work so that I wasn't doing 10 and 12 hour days with my laptop constantly glued, you know, doing all that, have to do it the way that everybody else does. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't working and it was literally killing me, you know. Um, and there's so much power in, in owning. And I love the way, you know, how you were saying to, you know, just owning like your, your, not your uniqueness, how did you phrase it, but like your wackiness, you know, just owning that kind of, that kind of side to you. And I was the same, I would have shut it out, not completely, but you know, it was trying to keep it under control and not, not to be seen that way. And you can't really, you're so unhappy, I think personally, and I think, you know, how we can try to contain ourselves there, it overflows in other ways, you know, and not necessarily always in a positive way either. And because we think we become miserable, deep down inside you know it's hard to have great relationships isn't it you know in other ways and to be happy with 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 your life if you're if you're making yourself that miserable and you're working eight to ten hours a day five to seven days a week yes and yes expression that I share all the time which is if you're wearing your camouflage if you're wearing camouflage Mm. the people that you want to find you can't see you and can't find exactly And so, and that's been a big thing in my business for a really long time of like, it's scared, like you have been wearing camouflage to blend in and like my biggest, all I wanted for years and years and years was to be normal. Like all I wanted was to other people to think I was normal. And for me, that didn't ever start from this place of, of feeling 
like I had no idea that my brain worked differently for me mm-hmm. it was my name is weird my parents are weird we I'd lived in seven countries before I was seven we lived in a vegan commune I um my name is Ebony and in the 1980s like I, I had <laughs> went to a Steiner school like there was just so much that was weird about me mm. that I wanted to be called Emily I wanted to go to a state school I wanted to wear a uniform I wanted to just fit in and it's been such a huge part of my journey to come back to that like but then why aren't your relationships fulfilling if you're not showing people who you are if you're Mm -hmm. pretending to be something you're not and then you hate and resent people because they are not loving you or they mm-hmm. can't see you and I would particularly have that in romantic relationship but I would also have it in in friendships in all of those things and then th- what really shifted for me was this piece of like if you're not showing anyone who you are how can they like who you are yeah and so I ha- I I attempted to start removing my camouflage mm-hmm. and what I realized was across the board I've been asked to hold so many secrets or personas or all of this stuff and as soon as I started to take it off as soon as I was just just me there was so much more energy and so much more spaciousness in my life I didn't have to remember what I think about something I could just and it it was safe for me to change my mind 18 times a day because (laughs) yes Um, yeah and that would start really young the one of the ways that showed up for me as a small child was I would change my outfit several times in a day and my mum's mm. like you can't do that I'm like, why not I don't want to wear that anymore I feel like this now <laughs> my clothes have always wow. been a huge part of my expression yes and that's so interesting yeah so I think as a one of the main and key things that's really changed in my life is taking that camouflage off being my full and true self and what I get told so often is you're really, really courageous. And I am, but I'm not exhausted anymore. Actually, it's exhausting for me to not be myself. Yes. 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 To all that. <laughs> and I think that that is so, you're right. And it, it, that's, I mean, that's just hits it right on the nail. I mean, it is so exhausting trying to have that 24 seven facade Um, And it's not even that it's intentional. And a lot of times we're not even aware of it, you know, when we mask. Um, And it's hard to explain to people who haven't had to mask, you know, or or have been in that situation. And I know a lot of times it is misconstrued as being disingenuine, you know, and things like that. Um, And it really doesn't come from that place. I would say first and foremost, but also they don't understand how exhausting it is. So And if we, but if we understand that, and so say, for instance, like if I know, you know, like I'm great being online and doing these kinds of things now that took a lot of, you know, for me to kind of work up to -to face-to-face networking and doing that kind of stuff, I can go and do, I can mask with the best of them, but oh my goodness, I don't, I don't enjoy it really. uh, And it's really takes its toll on me. So I know if I was to go to something, not only would I be very unwell leading up to it, um but afterwards I would have to take you know a few days off because I would just be exhausted sometimes even a week but I know that now so I know if I have something coming up you know I can plan my schedule accordingly and I can make the decision and go right this might sound like a great thing is it worth you know me feeling like shit for two weeks 
no. So, <laughs> so as wonderful as, as it sounds, maybe I choose not to go to this, you know, and I'll save that energy and put it somewhere else. So it lets us make better informed decisions. And I think anytime in our business, you know, in a weird way, it's having that data, isn't it? So if we can make better informed decisions, because what we put of ourselves into the business and the energy that we have and how we show up, not just, you know, on the fun Instagram lives and all of this, but daily, you know, the daily work that we have to do in our business. If we can show up fuller and more um, true to ourselves and happier and enjoy it more, then hell yeah, it's going to make a huge difference, you know, again, on us and our life and our friends and our family, but 100% is going to make a difference on our business as well. And, you know, I think that that's so important for people to understand, um, you know, and, I, and, and it's interesting, you know, how you use the word camouflage. And I think not only do we have that that we wear from masking with ourselves that we've maybe put on, but there is a shit ton of it that people put on us as well. You know, there's the shame um, and it might not all be intentional, you know, a lot of times, but just with all the biases out there. And a lot of the archaic attitudes and this and that, again, it, may, it can make things really difficult. And I think that's why so many of us, I think if there's over seven, I would say near 75 to 80% of, again, especially women entrepreneurs are neurodivergent or have some kind of disability. And a lot of times we turn you know, to, to running a business because working for someone else doesn't suit us so well or because of health conditions or something of that nature. Mm. And what... But because we have this shame, you know, that's kind of lumped upon us, it just makes the, the, that journey so much more difficult. Um, and we do feel like we have to hide, you know, and for me, this is again, one of why one of the mantras of Lady Rebel Club is no more hiding, because yes, some of us might have a bit more privilege to be able to, to have found our voice or to have, I guess, the confidence in some ways to come out and use our voice. Um, you know, and not that we would ever speak for anybody else, but, you know, obviously we can maybe help, help lift them up so they can, so that they can speak and remove some of that shame and to say, hell no, that's your stuff. You own it, please. I don't need to carry it for you. Mm. But yeah, I think there's a lot of that. Yeah. I've never experienced the shame in that way, in that way. There's loads of areas where I have. Mm. I've, I've, I would feel more shamey about, about working for somebody oh, wow. else. Yes. Right? Like mm. in a nine to, like for me, it's really, I'm like, that system was designed for men and by men a long time ago. It wasn't designed for people like me. And mm-hmm. why would I want to work in it? Right. Like it makes so much more sense to me that there mm-hmm. are women going, well, and, and of all sorts of, of, of sizes, shapes, you know, abilities, whatever. Mm-hmm. Who are kind of going well that's not fit for purpose because it wasn't even designed for me you know no. I think for me again when I learned that that men have a cycle and that it's 24 hours and that they are at their peak in their summer between nine and five I was like well that's why they created the work system like that right it's yeah. not oh women start entering <laughs> the workplace after a system that wasn't designed for them was already made so we now exist in a time an evolutionary time where everybody has access to work everybody can start an online business we all Mm -hmm. can record ourselves we can all write we can all do these things and publish in a way that is 
incredible that was not around you know the, the job I do now nobody at a careers affair could ever ever sold me <laughs> as a child right what's the job description yet yes <laughs> but I knew somewhere in me that it was coming that I was going to be okay that I was going to lead the design of this thing that I would do mm-hmm. and what I have had is the projections of other people of like, when are you going to get a proper job? When are you going to, yeah. when are you going to settle down? When are you going to live in one place? When are you going to stick to one thing? I don't know. (laughs) Maybe never. I I don't understand. Your lives look very boring to me. And that doesn't mean, and I was having a conversation with my mom about this just last night. That doesn't mean that there aren't times where I'm like, Oh, I wish I owned a house. I wish I had a family. I wish Mm. I'd stayed in one location for a period of time to build up a community. I can, can look at those things and, and, and have that wish or desire momentarily, but I know underneath it, mm. it's not for me. Otherwise I would yeah. have made, I would have made it work, right? Like actually where we put our intention and in we show our values every day by what we do, where we put mm. our energy, where we put our intention. And for me, having a, being empowered, embodied and fully expressed has driven everything I just didn't necessarily have the language for it when I first started this journey yeah that's brilliant you know and I think it's you know and I think what's so great about what you just said is that a we don't have to have all of the answers and I think a big problem that we have is that we're constantly told we have to have the answers, right? So if we don't know what the answers are, we're like, wait, this, you know, this can't be it. It must be something else. You know, let's add this in or let's change and be this way because this doesn't give me all of the answers. And just the really, we never really have all the answers is kind of the conclusion I've come to. <laughs> so no, nobody else has your answers. Like yeah. That cost me a lot of money to learn Mm. not only in the business space but also in the medical space in like in all of these other spaces right like going outsourcing my discomfort outsourcing my pain outsourcing my problems by going you must have an answer for me you must have an answer for me I'm picking up you you say you have an answer for me can I have I'll pay you lots of money I'll give you my attention time and each time going no, you don't know. Okay. And for a long time, I was hugely disheartened by that and thought I'd pick the wrong people or just if there was one more course that was probably be a magic bullet or one more expert <laughs> yeah. doctor who could probably help me. And now I contribute or attribute my success to trying all the things. And so mm. if there's anyone listening who's like, well, what do I do? I'm like, just do it all. Like throw yeah. spaghetti at a wall until you're like, oh, I like this. This feels good. And that doesn't work for me. You can't know how something will be in theory. You have to have a go at it. And nobody yes. else tell you exactly. what is right for you. Exactly. And that is so true. And see all of this. We don't even have enough time for me to get started on this, right? See all of this like cookie cutty cookie cutter give me 20 grand and I'm going to give you the perfect business model and it's going to work and you're going to make millions and I'm like bullshit yes that might make you millions but even if it makes me millions is that really you know making my business success successful because we all have such different 
you know, really, we all have such different expectations of what successful is, and we should have. And, you know, if you're aligning what you think your, you know, your idea of success is just about what you're seeing in your Facebook feed and from Facebook ads, yeah, you, you've got some work to do in that area, I would say. <laughs> and for me, there is no shame in that, yeah. you know. Like oh, 100%, no. Sucked into no. Yeah because of my pursuit for normal right like it's mm. and, and also just because I like a shiny thing I have been sucked into wanting what other people have got yeah. so many times yeah. and before we started recording I was explaining that my business and my life exploded last year and, and it wasn't fun like literally mm. everything I've got for 11 years disappeared and never has it been truer that I am the asset none of those things matter mm-hmm. the relationships part hurt and I'll get over it. And I'll, you know, I've grown and learned and, and moved and course corrected and found new relationships and got a deeper connection with myself and who I am. Yeah. Ultimately, no one can take any of that experience away from me. And mm. in many ways, it was a blessing. It was a, it was a clean slate and an opportunity to start again. And Lord knows, an ADHD person loves a new opportunity. <laughs> well, that's it. Exactly. You know, and even if you're not ADHD, you know, having, we learn best in business and I have made some, you know, royal mistakes, you know, that have cost everything. And, but I never made it again. And some of those, you know, those couple of mistakes are, were the best learning, you know, uh, curves that I've ever had in business. And we need those. And that is, you know, we learn best when we make mistakes, you know, and we learn through that experience investments were with people who taught me nothing they didn't teach me nothing Mm. they taught me everything they just didn't teach me what they thought they were teaching me or what I thought I was signing up to learn you know and there's learning in everything and I making peace with that making peace that I learn what I need not what I want has changed Mm. my life very true as well you know and although I laugh you know about seeing the Facebook ads and the feed and all of this I'm able to laugh about that because I've been there, you know, and, and kind of like yourself, you know, we've probably been in those shoes and, you know, we've, 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 we've walked that walk. And I don't want to say we've come out the other side because, you know, I, I think in some ways you're always, you know, sometimes, although I'm very confident with who I am now and the way that I work within the business and all of this stuff, there's still things, you know, the glitz and glitter and you go, Oh, what's that? <laughs> what's that? you know, that's something new and shiny. And again, whether it's the ADH side or whatever it is, but it's like, oh, well, let's, you know, let's not think about it. Let's not look into it. Let's just jump in <laughs> and see what this is about. Um, so yeah, there's a whole, a whole sort of host of, host of things there, but it's definitely, I think you're a great example, you know, for again, not just women, but especially women everywhere that you can start over you know, at any stage in any direction and be even happier than what you were or what you thought you were at the beginning. And that if you do believe you're neurodivergent, you know, um, in, in whatever way it might be, that having that diagnosis, you know, it, it isn't like it's a thing where it's elite, like, oh, well, and see if someone's like that, well, that's shitty on them as well. So you don't need to be in their role, right? It's more for you just to know, well, this is how I am. So that you can, and even if it's not, even if it's not officially, you know, ADHD, you can 
find out how, again, you can better work in your business, you know, and manage aspects, your strengths, like with anything, right? Your strengths and your weaknesses. I know what my weaknesses are, you know, and I do try. (laughs) It's still a learning curve, but we do try to do our best. But now I'm also better to play to my strengths, you know, and with being ADHD, you know how one of the things that we have is, um, well, a lot of us would have where it's, we're not always great at time, you know, and we like that pressure though, too, of like leaving things last minute. And we were having a laugh about this. (laughs) It's like, there's an article that has to be in today. So of course I've had it on my schedule and I'm like, there's no point in me even looking at it because I'll not write it until two hours before. It's not due yet. (laughs) And that's, but that's okay. And it's, it's, I've also learned with my personality. I do love, I love that challenge as well. And I work best under pressure. 100%. I couldn't have written it last week because there would be nothing. It's it's something to do with that response. And for me, human design is the best. Under, it has helped me understand that the best of all the different models that I've studied. Mm. And I do love to study a model, but it's that um, I would. And so I've tried over the years to schedule social media content and to, you know, all of those things. I don't like it. I like mm-hmm. to respond on the daily. I actually really like the connection with my audience or with the day or how I'm feeling. And yeah. even if I planned out stuff, which I used to make myself do, I I hated planning out. Hate I hated projecting into the future. And then on the actual day, I'd be like, and I'm I'm not feeling it. I don't want to post that. <laughs> so it's a huge waste of my life. Mm-hmm. And now there are lots of people who think that the way I do social media is really inefficient. I'm like. Mm. I enjoy it exactly but you enjoy it and it works for you so that's at the end of the day that's really all that matters you know and for you that's a success you know and how you run your social media and just like you were saying you know if you were forced to do it another way it wouldn't be as great I have a bit of a hybrid where I do batch and I do create some content on the go but I also like to do content on the fly so I might sit and go right here's you know, 12 titles that I could use for something, a post, a live or whatever, but that's it. You know, I won't actually write the posts or anything like that. Sometimes I use all of them. Sometimes I don't, but it kind of also gives me a place to start. Yeah. Um, so I'm not maybe starting from a clean page. Um, and then again, and those... like that, again, you're a responder like me, right? Yeah. So staring at a blank page is possibly the hardest thing in the world. Yes. Even if yeah. you do the, the hard work for yourself of like, giving yourself something to respond yeah. to yeah. so for me that's become meditation right like so I meditate in the morning mm. and I drop in and then something will come up in me and I'm like right that's what I'm going to share from that's what I'm going to respond to very good yeah mm. and I think too you have to well I guess again just for me and the way that with our brand and with with the things that we're doing in the business you know, I can't have like a happy post because I know, you know, a happy post with me going, yes, everything's lovely. And I've just come out, you know, that day from doing maybe a treatment or session and I don't feel very fucking happy, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't really want to come on going, yes, the birds are chirping today. Isn't everything wonderful? So I have to give myself that space to be very, you know, real about stuff as well too. And again, depending on, you know, what kind of business you've created and what kind of brand that you have, you know, for me, there's a lot of my personal story that I share with what we do. And um, that's what helps, you know, connect me with wonderful humans like you, you know, and, and others in our community. So for me, that's really important. Um, for others, that might not be as important, you know, and you and, can and schedule I think stuff. That yourself is so is the most important part. Mm. And again, like the other things like, so I batch podcasts as well. And I, I like put 
I've learned that I do not like the pressure of having to get a podcast out this week, right? Like mm. oh, that makes me feel sick. So I like to create a bank and I like to be ahead and I like to know what's coming and I like to do like four or five. But again, I've had to learn out for myself, four or five feels good. Mm. Having like 15 in the bank, I'm like, oh, those poor people, what if their whole life has changed since we had that conversation? <laughs> I can't do that to them, right? So yes. the whole like finding that balance. Exactly. Is the thing. And no matter what you or I say the person on it has to make those has to learn those things for themselves mm -hmm. and it will be like making porridge or the perfect cup of coffee everybody has it just that little bit different oh, now that's a good line and no one because i mean if we couldn't like somebody's gonna think i actually wrote that script for you <laughs> here say this at the very end that'll have to be one of the quotes we pull out because that yeah that was class <laughs> Um, well, it's been absolutely lovely. And I know we could go on and on and on. We'll have to have another conversation again soon, definitely. Um, but I just want to thank you very much, you know, for being here, Ebony. It's been lovely to talk with you. And for everyone listening, you know, thanks very much for tuning in to Rebel Hour as well. And is there any last thought or any little thing that you would like to leave with everybody today? No, but if you have enjoyed... Um this and you're like oh, there's so many things I want to say to you please come and say them I'm really really approachable and I actually love real life conversations and I love it when people are like I heard Brilliant. you on Rebel Hour please like come and tell me that because it would make me very happy. Brilliant and you will find in the show notes as well as on some of the social media posts all of the places where you can go and connect with Ebony and check her out. So listen thanks very much again today and it was lovely to chat. Thank you.